Uh, our next guest is actually going to be on the Hanukkah trip, uh, the one that's taking place in a couple of weeks for koshertravelers.com. And uh, that is uh, David Weinberg. David Weinberg, a preeminent scholar of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, will add depth and meaning to the uh, trip, to the UAE kosher travelers journey. He'll delve into the diplomatic defense and economic issues that draw the UAE and Israel together and explore the common heritage of Muslims and Jews that underlies the historic Abraham Accords. Uh, In advance of our journey of the... um, uh, of our journey next week of broadcasting from the UAE, uh, we asked to speak with David Weinberg, who is vice president as well of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security. And since moving to Israel 30 years ago, he's been senior advisor to Deputy Prime Minister Natan Sharansky and coordinator of the Global Forum Against Anti-Semitism in the Prime Minister's Office and spokesman of the uh, Herzliya Conference on National Security, uh, the Begin Center for Strategic Studies, and Barilan University. You can check out many of his writings, articles, etc. at David Weinberg, davidmweinberg.com. Again, that's davidmweinberg.com. David, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. My pleasure. How are you? Looking forward to the Hanukkah trip, I'm sure. Without question. It's uh, very, very exciting. Um, It's impossible to deny that the Fantastic new Mideast dynamic strengthens Israel, as well as Western strategic interests. It weakens Iran, Turkey, Russia, China, and the radicals among Palestinians. And for Jewish tourists, for Israeli tourists, it's um, it's simply a uh, lightning piece bonanza. There are 50,000 Israelis scheduled to visit <laughs> Dubai this month alone. That's pretty unbelievable. You know, we heard what happened Friday, and I'm sure our listeners uh, would love any details about the uh, episode in uh, in um, uh, in uh, Iran uh, that is being credited to Israel in terms of the uh, uh, taking out of the top uh, uh, Iranian scientists when it comes to the uh, nuclear program. Um, and I saw that the UAE, uh, or at least one of the officials in the UAE, released a statement uh, um, encouraging calm, encouraging uh, um, uh, people to you know to to stay level-headed. Let's put it that way. In the wake, in the wake of that episode, I, I mean, do, do th- the question is how tenuous or how strong, in your opinion, is this agreement between Israel and the UAE? Can one episode really put things on shaky ground or things are so stable between the two that episodes like that likely will have no effect? I have no doubt, Nahum, that the uh, leaders of Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and the other emirates in the UAE are grinning from ear to ear and clapping their hands um, at the uh, targeted assassination of this nuclear military chief in Iran. Uh, this, These accords, the Abraham Accords, uh, expand and solidify a critical regional alliance against a dangerous common enemy, Iran. You know, it's said that Israel worries about Iran. The Gulf countries are scared, um, very scared of Iran. And therefore, the answer to your question is, I think that these accords are substantial and long-lived. Um, What's better than that, from our perspective, is that they break the circle of enmity around Israel, and they've done so perhaps more already than the Egyptian and Jordanian accords ever did. Right. 
In fact, these accords seem to have a religious tinge to them. They lend religious legitimacy to Arab peace with Israel by referencing the Abrahamic common heritage of Arabs and Jews. It's, it's one way of implicitly acknowledging the Jews are indigenous to the land of Israel, and that's a mammoth transformation in the Arab approach to Israel, and it's a slap to the Palestinians who for years have been on this kick denying Jewish heritage in the land of Israel, even denying a historic Jewish presence in Jerusalem. So when Abu Dhabi calls for restraint in the aftermath of Friday's episode, you're saying they're doing so with a little bit of the wink of the eye. Correct. Um, there were even several uh, votes at the U.N. a week or two ago uh, where the Emirates continued with the traditional Arab pattern of voting against Israel, but they're voting with their feet. Um, it, it's impossible to ignore the genuine warmth experienced by every Israeli business delegation and tourist group that has gone so far to uh, Dubai and uh, Bahrain. Uh, it's a whirlwind of almost biblical proportions. Their, their foreign ministers are embracing Israeli leaders. Um, there are three Emirati airlines that are already operating daily flights um, to Israel. And they're timing them to connect with Emirates flights to the Far East, which gives Israelis new routes to Japan, Japan, uh, China, Japan, and, and more. There's venture capitalists from either side scouting out joint investments. And this is the end. This is truly the end of the Arab boycott of Israel, and that's the strongest signal. But look, but look, you know the American mindset. Sometimes it's hard for us to digest the fact that someone's a real peace partner, and yet they're voting against Israel at the UN. So, sometimes it's hard for for the American kid to wrap his head around that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Um, but Israel has always given uh, more credence and more importance to facts on the ground, right. whether that's establishing Yishuvim in Yesha or cooperating in intelligence defense areas and now in fields as broad as cybersecurity, agrotech, educational technology, and healthcare. And their bilateral business chambers have already been established between the Gulf countries and Israel. There's a Jewish Muslim Women's Business Council or the Youth Council. Um, you've got the heads of Emirati investment houses t telling the New York Times that they've fallen in love with the Israeli um, Strategic Studies Institute, including my institute, have signed research partnerships with leading Emirati institutes. And of course, then there's the tourism. And that's the type of people to people engagement that Israel never enjoyed with the publics in Egypt or Jordan. Uh, so it's a real revolution, and ultimately I think those are the real signs that this these new relationships have staying power. David M. Weinberg is with us talking about the UAE. He's part of the koshertravelers.com journey to the UAE next uh, Hanukkah, next week, frankly. Uh, those of you interested, go to koshertravelers.com. You know, the um, it's funny. People who have been to Dubai, because I wonder, I wonder, you know, does the average person on the street of the UAE, you know, are they affected by all of this? And people who've been there over the last few weeks have said to me that they get that feeling. You know, we in the United States, again, you know, different things happen politically with other countries. You know, the average person wouldn't really feel a major difference or, you know, or, 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 or be affected by the warming of relations between our two countries, whoever they may be. But it seems in this case that people have a genuine, genuine curiosity when they see tourists from Israel and Jews from other parts of the world coming in, and they want to engage with them.
And that th- th- what we're being told in advance of our trip is we're going to be surprised at just how much engagement there is between us and the uh, and the citizens of the UAE. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? Um, from what I hear, absolutely so. Uh, we know of um, thousands of Emiratis who started to study Hebrew, including at two Israeli overseas schools that have now been set up uh, online. And you have to remember that the UAE is a very disciplined society. Um, It really does take its cues from the leadership at the top, and the leadership at the top has been uh, punching uh, this tolerance and reconciliation message uh, for a number of years. You don't get the anti-Israel messaging like you do in the Arab press or the radical Islamic anti-Israel messaging that you see in the Iranian press. The the Emirates, as I said, have been uh, very disciplined for a long time, which which is why I think Israelis and, and Jews everywhere can feel comfortable in traveling there, because it's a safe, disciplined society. Uh, the trips there are affordable. Um, and in the kosher traveler's case, if we dial back to the um, trips that uh, we've been talking about, um, kosher travelers is a good fit because it has a reputation for attention to detail and um, a complete experience. Uh, kosher travelers, executives, um, think of everything involved. And, and you should almost think about a kosher travelers tour to the Emirates like you think of a high-level mission to Israel. It involves, of course, um, going to all the tourist sites, but also meeting Emirati community leaders and strategic thinkers, um, shopping in the world's most exclusive mega malls, visiting museums and the architectural world wonders that are there, um, palaces, oases, gardens, pools, beaches, camel riding, uh, jeeping, flying to the skies at sunrise in a hot air balloon, all while um, uh, dining on the finest kosher cuisine under formal OU supervision, uh, and enjoying Shabbat in a beautiful and traditional ambiance. Kosher Travelers wraps it all into a package and makes sure that you have nothing to worry about during the course of the week there. And finally, I'll add that Kosher Travelers is the only one of the tourist agencies now um, talking about tours to the Emirates um, that takes along a scholar in residence. In this case, <laughs> that's me. Um, and and as, I, as you said in your introduction, we really are going to delve into the diplomatic defense and economic issues that are drawing uh, the Emirates and Israel together. We're going to learn about the Torah of Hazal, um, who lived and thrived in the Arabian Gulf, in Iraq, and in Yemen in particular. Uh, we're going to meet Emirati uh, religious leaders to understand this new dialogue, this new discourse of religious reconciliation between Muslims and Jews that we've mentioned. Uh, It's an intellectual package uh, layered onto the touring package, layered onto the um, the from kosher uh, environment. It's really the ultimate way to go. Well, we uh, we hear about the outfit, koshertravelers.com. We're certainly impressed. Anybody who wants information about the Hanukkah trip or about the January trip for intercession, yeshiva break, uh, koshertravelers.com is the website. David Weinberg, why did it take so long? If all of this has been uh, – if the way you're describing the uh, UAE um, 
you know, and, and the attitude that they generally have now uh, toward Israel. I can't imagine this happened with a flip of a switch. I mean, I assume that the, that type of attitude has existed for quite a while, especially since Iran has uh, tried to dominate the region and people in the UAE have feared their advancement. Uh, why did it take till now? Was it Trump? Is it it had to be Netanyahu? Otherwise, no other prime minister could have done it. Is it what's happening now in the UAE or the deals they got in exchange for all of this? Why now in 2020 are we enjoying the peace that you're describing? It's a great question, Nahum, um, to which there are multiple layers of answers, some of which you just mentioned. But the first and foremost thing I would I would point out is that the Emirates and the other Gulf countries um, are only moving towards Israel because Israel is now viewed by them as a strong, powerful actor. Um, in the years that Israel was always on the defensive, um, under attack um, by the left, uh, withdrawing from territories under pressure um, from Washington, always apologizing for its moves, um, Israel didn't necessarily appear to them as as a country that could make a difference. And a weak economy. Under, say again? And a weak economy that didn't help either. They weren't strong financially. Correct. Correct. Netanyahu is perceived, and the Israel that Netanyahu has presided over over the last decade is perceived as strong today in all ways. First and foremost, it's strong in standing up to Iran. Um, it's the only country in the world that is literally uh, bombing and targeting Iranian targets, whether they be Revolutionary Guards forward troops that are now encamped in Syria um, or um, Iranian militias in Iraq um, or even Iranian nuclear leaders in Iran itself. It's the only country in the world that had the guts to stand up to the President of the United States. Remember Netanyahu's... Uh, famous speech uh, to Congress against right. uh, the JCPOA. Right. Israel has a strong economy that's coming out of the uh, corona crisis in relatively good shape. It's handled the corona crisis in relatively good shape. It has relations, strategic relations, not just with Washington today, but also with Putin and Russia and the Indians and the Chinese, um, and now clearly with the Gulf countries. It's the image of Israel as a um, strong an independent actor that uh, brings the Gulfies to bandwagon around Israel, especially as they, their fears of a hegemonic Iran grow. And yes, the fact that uh, President Trump um, was prepared to reward these countries for moving towards Israel with arms sales and other uh, items uh, clearly helps as well. And one of Israel's concerns is that if the, if the Biden administration doesn't take as keenly as the Trump administration did uh, to the expansion of Israel-Arab ties, uh, the enthusiasm for the growth of these new relationships will will decline somewhat in the Arab world. The, the, the common threats remain, the threat from Iran. Um, but the inducements uh, from Washington may not be there in the same intensity, and that's clearly a concern here in Jerusalem. Finally, David, we keep hearing about uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, coming out with a major statement uh, just a few minutes from now. Uh, are we headed toward new elections in Israel? The short answer is yes. Um, I believe that Israel will go to the polls again at some time over the next six months. 
whether it's in March or in June, um, but long before the um, unity coalition accord between Netanyahu and Gantz, between Likud and Blue and White, uh, reaches the target date, which is next November, uh, when Gantz was supposed to take the reins uh, in the prime minister's office. I, I think we'll go to an election long before that, whether it's over this item or that item that the government collapses, whether it's over the budget or some controversial piece of legislation, I think it's clear that Netanyahu is going to stand for a re-election. And I'll throw one more tidbit into the into the story, which is that many analysts here believe that Netanyahu will try to get himself elected next summer as the next president of Israel, because uh, President Rivlin's term is coming to an end. So there'll be a lot of interesting things in Israeli politics over the six months. It isn't going to be a quiet time. Very, very interesting. David M. Weinberg of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security. He'll be on the koshertravelers.com journey for Hanukkah to the UAE. If you're interested, folks, koshertravelers.com. And again, a reminder, they have a Yeshiva League break, uh, Yeshiva Week uh, toured to Dubai as well. And that's uh, going to be uh, January the 21st. Go to koshertravelers.com for all the details. David, thank you so much. Enjoy the UAE, and uh, we thank you for all this info in advance of our trip to uh, the Emirates. I'm sure you'll have a fantastic time, and it'll be tailored to perfection by the Kosher Travelers executive staff. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you. Be well as well, and thank you so much for joining us. Monday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM in the AM.